To look at a map of Europe is to see a disconnected landmass. Sometimes described as a peninsula of peninsulas, the world's second smallest continent is naturally divided. The Balkan Peninsula, the Italian Peninsula and the Iberian Peninsula separate the southern countries. Much of Scandinavia is disconnected from the central heartlands of the continent, and even the British Isles are separated by the sea. Even from the centre, it's not always easy to travel to the extremes. Take the Alps, for example. Since ancient times, they have proven to be a formidable barrier to even the most committed and well-supplied. Think Hannibal and his elephants. In recent years, this topography still causes problems. Freight has to traverse high mountain passes, and rail travel becomes… inefficient when it reaches higher ground. Heavy trucks with labouring engines moving in a constant stream across winding mountain passes is also a miserable image in a climate-conscious world. Enter the base tunnel, a low-gradient, extremely long tunnel which, as its name suggests, makes a mockery of alpine topography by traversing beneath it. Hello and welcome to the Tunnelling Podcast. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Jane Sophia. For this episode, we are talking about the Brenner Base Tunnel. There have only been a handful of these projects so far, but each is an icon for the industry. Immense lengths, enormous overburden, high-pressure water, the pure scale of these projects makes for a study of contract complexity in of itself. The Brenner Tunnel itself runs through the Brenner Pass in the Eastern Alps, connecting Austria and Italy. The tunnel will form a planned railway corridor from Helsinki in Finland to Valletta in Malta, which is itself part of a grand network of European high-speed rail projects called 10R. The tunnel is a critical part of this corridor, and probably one of the most challenging sections. So to better understand the project, we are joined by project managers representing each of the two ends of the scheme. David Unteregger for the Austrian side. And I've been specializing on tunneling during my studies and my PhD work, which I did in cooperation with the Brenner Base Tunnel project. Uh, my PhD is on uh, geotechnical engineering and, and numerical simulations. And from there on, I, I entered the, the project and the company. Um, now I'm, I'm mainly focused in, in construction management. And for the Italian side, Antonio Vozza. Well, I started a bit more earlier than, than my colleague, of course. I was um, in, uh, in the BBT since uh, 2012. But before I was for 17 years in a society with made, which made uh, tunnel design. So it was uh, a very, a very uh, strong, uh, a very strong presence in the field of tunneling for 17 years. And then when the, the, the design was finished, I was charged to be the supervisor of the site of, uh, of the construction phase. Before we get onto the challenges posed by the mega project, we should get our bearings. If you get lost, we've linked to the construction lots and a map of the tunnel in our show notes. And now David runs through the lots of the tunnel, starting from the extreme end of the Austrian side. On the Austrian side, we have one big construction lot, 
which is called Tulfes Pfonds and it's uh, the section between the, the access tunnels through the lower valley of in the lower in valley uh, to the Brenner base tunnel so it's the connecting tunnels and this lot is uh, already finished it uh, the construction work was finished uh, just uh, last year in autumn near the railway station of Innsbruck uh, there is a construction lot which is called railway station Innsbruck um, and it's the, the connecting or the, the works for the access to the to the railway station in Innsbruck. This is also already finished. The next lot is called the Silschlucht or Sil Gorge in English. Sil is a river close to Innsbruck and there's a gorge where this river runs through and there is a short section between the railway station in Innsbruck and the portal, the northern portal of the Brenner Base Tunnel through this valley. This construction lot is, is currently uh, in progress, uh, approximately 50% of the work are done. The next lot is uh, the main, the main uh, are the main tubes from Innsbruck up to approximately half the way on the Austrian side. It's called uh, construction lot Silschluchtpfonds. This lot was uh, just uh, lately tendered and the construction start was on, on 17th of January this year. So now work preparation is, is going on and uh, excavation work will start mid of April. Uh, the next section is the section um, approximately halfway on the Austrian side uh, uh, up to the border to Italy and there are now two lots. One is uh, already in work, it's a lot called Hochstegen. Hochstegen involves the crossing of a difficult hydrogeological zone and we will have more on that later. Now the first drillings were already performed exploring this difficult section where a lot of water ingress is supposed. Excavation was due to begin just after this podcast was produced and we look forward to learning about David's results. There is a second uh, big lot in this section which will follow. This is called then Fonsbrenner. This is actually just being at the moment being tendered so we are waiting for the offers. Deadline for the offers uh, is 15th of May. So construction start is uh, going to be approximately in autumn, uh, starting of winter this year. But the construction here will only start a year later, after uh, the Hochstegen lot has finished and the TBMs are delivered. So this, this lot will start with TBM excavation very early. Yeah. That's the lots on, on the Austrian side. And passing through the bore into the Italian side, there are two main lots. Which are the Mules 2-3 and the uh, Isarco River Underpassing. The, the Mules 2-3 is um, only tunnels on the same side of the, of the Isarco Valley. It's almost uh, 30 kilometers, the, the, the length of the, 
of the section and uh, it's uh, quite only uh, tunnels uh, and deep and, and long tunnel because we have just one external edit to this uh, to this section which is the mules um, the mules aided in this section we have one of the three intermediate station the, the, the rescue station that we call emergency station uh, we have one each 20 kilometers along the the, the whole uh, project and one is uh, in the Italian side which is almost completed the tunnels have been done mainly by TBMs and we have today when I speak of tunnel, I, I say three because, as you know, we have the two main lines and the exploratory tunnel. So the exploratory tunnel towards uh, Austria is, almost, is already finished and the main lines are one at the 80% eight of, uh, of its uh, goal and the other is 67%. Uh, so we see the, 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 the light uh, at the end of the tunnel in the last month of uh, 2022 or maybe first month of 2023. So it's a section that's almost completed. Then we have the, the most difficult section uh, on the Italian side, which is the Isarco underpassing, which is, uh, which is a section in which the, the tunnels pass from one side to the other side of the valley to join the, the, the existing line of the railway uh, network in Italy in the station of uh, Fortezza, which is the south portal of the, of the BBT. This is a shorter section, the, the Isarco underpassing, but uh, as I said, it's very more um, very uh, more difficult from the point of view of uh, the the very little overburden because passing through the, the the center of the valley means to have just three meters above the the the, the head of the tunnel in in the in the, in the middle of the uh, of the of the valley where the Isarco flows. So this is um is a section where a particular technique have been uh, used for the for the consolidation of, of uh, ground and for the the, the excavation such as the, the freezing of ground and many other um, change of, of uh, excavation te technique have been used in order to to uh, face this uh, different uh, change from excavating rock to a excavating ground and to excavating the the the, the bottom of a, um, a river so uh, uh, the typical ground uh, gravel and gravel and um, and uh, clay ground of the of the of the bottom of the river so this was a particular section this started a little bit before mules 23 in two 2015 and it's almost completed in the in the next uh, month we are going to uh, uh, to have the breakdown um, the breakthrough towards north with the the mules 23 section so those are the two 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 main uh, section we have in Italy The tunnel runs through the entire central zone of the Eastern Alps, and the geology is generally schists, 
phyllites, gneiss and granites, with some small sections of sedimentary carbonates. In the main tunnelled section, David says that the challenges are mostly around the anistrophy of the rock. The geotechnical behaviour is, and, and the response to the tunnelling and, uh, and the demands to the tunnelling excavation methods are mainly governed by the anisotropy of, of these rocks. So depending on the orientation and you can have a very easy or, or very good geotechnical behavior or very demanding geotechnical behavior. But in general, the rocks are, are, are allow a quite good penetration with, with tunnel boring machines. The main geotechnical issues we have are are given through to fault zones we have to pass and these are the, the demanding sections and considering the hydrogeology uh, we've had very February and and actually dry uh, situation all uh, on the Austrian side. Now however they are entering that Hochstegen zone that we mentioned before. It's a, a zone of, of highly permeable uh, marble and uh, here uh, high water ingress is to be expected uh, with several tens of liters per second. But um, we have uh, planned to do a lot of injection and, and uh, water prevention of water ingress, but we will see what we will encounter uh, within the next months. This is going to be very demanding and interesting too. And a possible connection uh, to the underground water ingress with the surface water levels. So have, we have uh, very strong restrictions in terms of ecological restrictions to not uh, lower the, the surface um, water level. Therefore, we want to prevent as much water ingress as possible or almost totally as much as possible in order to prevent uh, the surface water levels to uh, to sink and this is our main goal to not uh, lower the surface water levels yeah antonio says that the most difficult technical challenges on the italian side are behind him and he is now into contract work David's efforts in the Hochstegen zone is currently the most difficult job on the project. Brenner is not the first base tunnel to be built. The Gotthard opened in 2016, and there are a number of lessons to take from it, albeit not from the ground conditions. But we have learned very much from Gotthard, uh, considering the tunnel layout, uh, considering considerations uh, with the rail equipment, uh, rail equipment we have two uh, major uh, works to be done. The first is the tunneling, and the second one is going to be the, the rail equipment, uh, which is ahead of us. So, considering, but also considering um, water uh, drainage systems, which is uh, a part of the tunneling works we have learned uh, very much from from the experiences from Gotthard. Uh, we have also regular 
meetings and exchange with the people and also the technicians from Gotthard. So this is very valuable information what people there have, have uh, experienced. Yeah? And we are trying to, to optimize our project in this sense. Yeah. With the drainage system, the main issue is the fusing together of the pipes. So we are currently discussing uh, multiple ways how to reduce uh, the maintenance effort to clean and uh, protect from, from uh, pipe fusion and how we could reduce interruption of, of operation due to uh, drainage cleaning times and drainage cleaning works, service works in the main tubes. So this is one issue which Gotthard told us is a big issue and has to be considered well. Um, this is of course also a task for uh, for the planning of the rail equipment and, and the service works. For the construction works, the issue is how can you access the drainage pipes easily for cleaning and uh, how can you um, enter chemical treatment to prevent fusion, etc. So these issues are, are very important. The part of the project that both sides are truly in awe of is the planning itself. Despite the complexity and contract challenges, overall, this project is on schedule. For more on the unique complexities offered by a project of this scale, check out episode 100 of our sister podcast, Engineering Matters, for our exploration of what makes a mega project. I was very, very impressed about the, the phase uh, of scheduling and uh, of um, planning of the activities. Antonio says that in previous projects, this aspect was not as important. While in this case, one thing uh, that uh, surely I didn't uh, evaluate in the, in, the, in the right way at the, at, the, at the starting was the importance of a very punctual, a very sharp planning of each activity, of each phase of, of the construction. Because uh, when you have such a, 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 such a strict path of, uh, of uh, making things runs uh, one, af one after the other, it's very, it's very easy to make some mistake on planning some phase. I'm talking about, uh, for, for instance, the, the discharge, the, 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 the side discharge, the disponibility, of the, the disponibility of side discharge, or the, or the problems about um, drainage, as, as um, David was was uh, saying before. So the organizing part, the logistics part, surprised me more than the other problems. One other thing I, I like to say is the health and, and safety aspect, because that uh, um, is another is another theme that uh, uh, has a very, very strict and maybe not a direct, but a exponential uh, link with the, the number of people which work together at the same times in the in the same job site.
When you're talking about 600 or 700 people working on the same site every day, working, having different uh, competencies and uh, working in different parts of the, of the tunnel. This means to have an approach in the, de in the, safety, in the safety design, which is completely different than uh, um, excavating one, one uh, uh, tunnel of, of uh, one kilometer or so on. But it means really to have a very, very uh, wide experience in uh, planning all the scenarios that can uh, happen in, in the same time because of this great variability of, uh, of people which maybe work in, in, the, in the tunnel just one week to, because has a very uh, strict competence, for, extent, for example, in uh, uh, the, 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 the computers that works on the TBMs. So we have some, uh, some staff which come here and work just uh, some days from maybe from uh, Arachnet and then go away. But in those days, you have to guarantee that their level of safety inside the tunnel is uh, um, compatible with all the other people are working at the same time and doing something. And this is an aspect which uh, also impressed me and in which today I am very, very, very much involved because every day uh, as a uh, as also David said, uh, it's a, a sort of new challenge in in uh, in prevent in prevent the the the, the, the occurrence of of uh, this kind of problems. The Tunneling Podcast is the official podcast of the British Tunneling Society and a production of Reby Media. This episode was written and hosted by me, Alex Conacher, and co-hosted by me, Jane Sophia. Sound Engineering by Ross McPherson, Series Supervision by John Young, and our Executive Producer is Rory Harris. Special thanks to our guests from the Brenner Base Tunnel. And thank you for listening. You can find the Tunneling Podcast on all podcast apps and on our website, tunneling.meby.media. The Tunneling Podcast will be taking a break to prepare episodes for our next season, but we will be back soon with more content from around the tunneling world.